Well, welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. What does it look like to bring the Word of God and so many great resources to teach the Word of God to many people in different languages around the world? It is time for us to catch up with our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation, hear about uh, what's going on in the mission field as they work so diligently to bring the 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 many resources for teaching God's Word, the truth of God's Word, in so many languages around the world. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting this program. They are underwriters of Faith and Family here on Worldwide KFUO. I'm glad to have them on board. Check them out on our sponsor section at kfuo.org. In studio with me today, friends from Lutheran Heritage Foundation, Reverend Matthew Heisey, ex- Executive Director for Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Pastor Heisey, welcome back. Good morning. Thank you. Always good to have you in studio. I know when Pastor Heisey's in studio, I'm going to hear great stories of what's going on with LHF uh, to and partners to bring the truth of God's Word to many people around the world, regardless of language. Thank you. You always bring fantastic stories. I always leave uh, encouraged and and, and ready to, uh, to to continue to go forth to 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 work hard to share the word of God with so many people because of the the stories that you bring us. And you brought along with us uh, with you some more of your team, the Reverend Ted Natalong, uh, Pastor Natalong. Welcome. Thank you. Good to have you in studio. Tell us a little bit about your work with Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Well, I'm uh, coordinating the. Uh, translation and publications in the Asian languages. And you've been busy traveling. You and Pastor Heisey have been traveling quite a bit and uh, working to bring the, the, the these great resources to people in many languages. You're working primarily in Asian languages, is that right? Yes, correct. Very good. Well, I look forward to hearing about your travels and the, the great work you're doing. And also hanging out in studio with us today, Jeff Ron. He's a Assistant Executive Director, Director of Operations for Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Jeff, good to have you in studio. Hi, thanks. Are good you to keep, be here. Are, are you, uh, do you keep things, keep the home fires burning, or are, are you out traveling as well? No, I let those two guys do most of the traveling. So I try to try to keep tabs with them while they're, while they're uh, blazing uh, paths across the world. So. Do you keep all the schedules and uh, all the projects in line and uh, have a nice lineup of things for us to talk about today uh, in terms of Lutheran Heritage Foundation and the work that, that you're doing? Can't wait to hear about it. Pastor Heisey, where have you been uh, in, in the last few months since we talked last time? It's been a few months since okay, we talked. it has. Um, this latest trip was about uh, almost a five, five and a half weeks, and it was uh, seven countries, Central Europe, Eastern Europe, and uh, Central Asia. Uh, primarily for the Reformation celebrations, because there were celebrations all the way from Kyrgyzstan to Russia, over to Slovakia, and I had the opportunity to participate in those celebrations. One of the themes we've really focused on this year is continuing what Luther began. And uh, as people begin to grasp what Martin Luther accomplished, I think one of the things we like to drive home is the fact that he understood the importance of people understanding the scriptures in their own language. And so, of course, Martin Luther translated the scriptures. Now, we kind of go that next step because, as another theme of ours, when the Ethiopian eunuch is reading the scriptures, he still needs a little guidance and a little help. So we're kind of like the Philip, in a way, 
who helps explain that, and that's another thing that Martin Luther did. How can I understand them unless someone yeah, explains it exactly. To yeah. The small catechism uh, is is a great guide, and I've discovered that in my own missionary career. So we had that opportunity to introduce some some new books. Ted will talk about some of those new catechisms. But uh, uh, I think one of the highlights of my trip was going back to Russia. Uh, I hadn't been there for about three years, and Lutheran Heritage Foundation began operations 25 years ago when Jeff's father was handing out Bibles in Red Square. Now, that was shortly after the fall of the Soviet Union, and things were quite open. They're a little more closed now, but those Lutheran churches that were just literally rising up out of the ashes are back again. And uh, one of the things that one of my former students, when I taught at the seminary, uh, was engaged in, he wanted to have the Concordia Study Bible done in Russian. Now, we had had a separate commentary in another large book, and of course you had the Bible, and it was kind of putting those two things together, so it was a lot of layout work. He actually had his catechism class <laughs> looking over the, the notes to make sure that, you know, that, that there, were, uh, any, there weren't any errors in some of the text. So that's kind of interesting to put your catechism class through that. Uh, uh, so, uh, but uh, on Reformation Day, that was Tuesday, about a month ago, uh, we had a service with about 500 people in St. Mary's Lutheran downtown St. Petersburg. And I had the great opportunity to introduce this book and, and share with the people. And uh, as we were praying before the service, I was quite moved because I saw the church cantor, the director of the choir, and I recognized her because I'm writing about her grandfather in my dissertation. Her grandfather was the last pastor of one of those churches. Uh, also her uncle. Uh, it was a father-son team, Paul and Bruno Reichardt, who were executed in early 1938 uh, by Stalin. Uh, and then their church was closed. And so here she was, and I'm looking at her face, and I'm thinking, she looks like her grandfather. And here she is. She came back into the church. Uh, because of the stories about her grandfather and the faith of her grandfather and uncle who were martyrs and leading a wonderful choir. And, and that really brought everything home uh, about the importance of the faith and how many have defended it even to the death. Hmm. Wow, what a, a, a privilege to, to be one for you to be there in, mm -hmm. and to see this connection through history. The grandson of, of Germans from Russia, too. <laughs> To, All that on top of it. <laughs> and, and and to witness God's grace at work that mm -hmm. that she too is is uh, is a know, witness that, yeah. that the gates of hell have not prevailed mm. and they won't. Thanks be to God. Indeed. Pastor not too long, tell us about your travels and uh, who you've met along the way. Well, in the last uh, month and a week I've been um traveling in, in Asia, mm -hmm. basically in Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, we had two uh, big Reformation um, celebration, one in Thailand and one in Cambodia. The uniqueness of the, the Reformation um, in Thailand is that it's composed of all, all denominations. Um, we invited uh, Christians uh, from all denominations to really understand more about um, the Reformation. We had... Um, we brought um, um, Dr. Dose from 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 the seminary to teach them about Reformation, and that's how they know a whole lot. And so, um, in the evening of uh, November 17, we had over 2,000 uh, people, Christians, 
came together to thank God and praise God for the Reformation. For they they see Reformation as as beginning of the Protestant churches, and and that's uh, I have a document here that's signed by the president of the the Baptist Church in Thailand and the Presbyterian Church and the EFT Church that um, um, Evangelical um, of Thailand. So they adopted uh, five solas to be the statement of faith, and. Yeah, it, it's it is amazing. It is. Uh, I think Luther would be happy to see how his his uh, what he had done in bringing the gospel, the word of God, to people in all languages. Now it reached to Thailand and um, Southeast Asia. Who did you meet when you were there? Uh, maybe pick out one or two people that that you met that uh, that this was significant to to you. You know, meeting them and, and learning their story. Well, uh, the person that helped, he's the leader, yeah, he's the chairman of the committee that uh, had the Reformation. Um, he is not Lutheran. He is a former uh, pastor of um, Presbyterian Church. And he invited me and uh, some friend for dinner. And he really shared with me that, wow, this is a great opportunity that we reach out to them. First, they thought the Reformation is just for us Lutheran. But to say, no. You know, Luther did not uh, want his work just for Lutheran because there weren't any Lutheran church at that time. He wants all Christians to receive God's blessing through his word and through Christ. So he really um, uh, thanked me for that and thanked the Lutheran church for doing um, this great work. And so you, you were in Thailand for a while. Any other places you've traveled recently that do you have stories to share? Yes. Um, after Thailand, we went to Cambodia. Um, the next day, and uh, it's the same thing. We are working with um, Christian from all denominations, and it's the same thing. This is the first time they really know about the Reformation, that this is their heritage too, not not just as um, uh, Lutheran. So we had about 400 uh, Christian came together from all denominations singing A Mighty Fortress, you know, contextualized in their language. Also, they uh, sang um, "Thy Strong Word." It 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 just contextualized. So mm-hmm. it's really they emphasizing the Hallelujah part. It's really amazing to see that how they uh, grasp, how they um, um, cherish and excited with the message that um, that we have. Hmm. That is is fascinating to uh, to see how the Reformation. Was significant to uh, to a number of people, not just Lutherans. Yes, it is uh, not only the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, but I understand that this is a, a significant year for Lutheran Heritage Foundation as well. Is that right, Pastor Heisey? Beginning on November 10th, actually, we uh, we are beginning a 25th anniversary year, and uh, Luther's birthday, November 10th. That is when uh, Jeff's father. Uh, Pastor Robert Ron founded Lutheran Heritage Foundation back in 1992. So uh, we will be having our own ceremonies because something else was occurring this year that <laughs> seemed to take, you know, kind of take all the air out of the room. So we figured that it would be best to celebrate that next year. And so we're beginning to uh, develop plans for a celebration, but the celebration focuses really on the work 
And, uh, you know, 65,000 books being shipped out this year from, uh, I, I should mention that Reverend Nethlong does more than just manage some of the work. He really oversees a lot of the printing in uh, Bangkok, Thailand, where we end up shipping books to Papua New Guinea, for example, throughout Southeast Asia, and also over to Africa. Uh, we recently had Swahili children's Bible story books going there, as well as uh, French children's Bible story books, and also uh, uh, books in Amharic, the dominant language of Ethiopian. Of course, we're talking, we're in the tens of thousands, 10,000 books when we're doing that kind of thing. Uh, so there's a, a, a kind of a neat little map we have that our uh, media director, Jen Bagnell, put together. It's wonderful. that it just shows these books going out, you know, radiating out from Bangkok to various portions, even to the United States, because the world has come to us. And, and it was interesting as I met with uh, believers in Denmark and other places and saying, you know, you have all these Im immigrant groups among you. And you can do outreach through a lot of these books, and we can help you and provide resources. And I said, we have the same thing in the United States. We have all these different people groups here. And so it's kind of a reminder to uh, people who are listening and donors that, uh, as I tell people when I visit with them, look, and you will find that you have all these different ethnic groups in your neighborhood, not terribly far from you. You know, Christmas gifts, something like that. We're happy to to send these resources to you, from children's Bible story books to deeper explanations of or basic explanations of faith, like the small catechism, deeper like the large catechism, devotional booklets. You name it. Uh, you can always find that on our website too. <laughs> I know that that your team is is chiefly involved with all the the work that goes into getting these resources into the hands of. And, and, and hearts and and eyes of people who will read them in their own language. Ha, do you have stories from the those who have received these materials in their own language? Uh, what's the response of those who are receiving these materials? You're talking about small catechism, large catechism, uh, other resources, children's books as well. Stories of of people who have received these languages or these books in their own languages. I don't know if Ted, Ted has something to share. Yes, yeah. uh, from the catechism on, uh, I forget to mention that uh, the evening of November um, 17, that uh, we had celebration, we distributed over 3,000 Luther small catechism to non-Lutherans. And many of them just, you know, uh, was reading it and they really cherished it. It's from the Bible, you know, so they, um, they asked for more of that and the thing that they really attracted to it, it's it's well organized, easy to read, and easy to understand. And these are non-Lutheran who are reading it. What languages were in you Thai. In Thai. in Thai? In Thai, yeah, in Thai. And how many Thai catechisms were you delivering? 3,000. 3,000, yeah, wow. 3,000, yeah. To non-Lutherans. <laughs> <laughs> And we've had similar experiences, of course, among the Iranians flooding into the churches now in Central Europe, in particular in Germany, but also in Denmark, because uh, it's always a great treat for me. I usually finish up my trip in Berlin uh, because I stay with mission director Roger Seeger and his wife there, uh, the mission director for our church partner, the independent German uh, Lutheran Church. And uh, I go to Gottfried Martin's church in Steglitz there in um, South let me make sure I get it right. Southeastern Berlin, I believe it is. And uh, I can get there by the by subway <laughs> and by foot. 
Uh, but I always see one of our catechisms generally there, and you're not supposed to take pictures, and I really want to do that just to kind of show people. You know, I see people reading the catechism that we printed there in Farsi, in their own language there, and the church is full of 400-some Iranians and Afghans there. And so I know it's getting use, and uh, and we're, we're constantly distributing to— uh, we, we get these requests all the time now, and now more frequently for Arabic, for Finland, for Sweden— for Denmark, for Germany, for Norway. And um, it's, it's a real eye-opener because people are, are excited to have something in their own language that can help explain the faith. And to see them and see these Bible study groups there that I saw in, uh, uh, where was it? It would have been Kolding, Denmark, central Denmark there. You know, all these small kind of dying Danish towns with uh, many Iranian immigrants some of them are going to be sent back and to an uncertain future to Iran right now. And so we're actually working on a devotional book for uh, them in their own language because uh, it's, it's quite, many of them, of course, don't know what's going to happen as they go back. And so to, to encourage them through God's Word, to comfort them, I think is really important. Who, who's on the ground in these places, uh, the, in Germany who, and, and, and uh, Denmark, who are helping... Our church, get these into yeah. the hands. To, what are, what's their story? Yeah, it's amazing. Well, well, really, our church partners do a lot of work for us. Hugo Gievers, who's a uh, pastor and missionary of the Independent German Lutheran Church in Leipzig, uh, Eastern Germany, um, he will go out and he'll have Bible study groups. He actually now has services in Farsi. Gottfried Martins, who also is in Berlin, uh, Roger Seeger, the mission director, is always connecting me to people. And now, intriguingly enough, we're getting people from the state church, which is far more liberal and doesn't really do mission outreach. But there are still some faithful pastors who say, I've got Iranians in my congregation, or I have some Arabic speakers coming to me. Do you have something for us? Yeah. And then uh, a, a Lutheran pastor in Denmark named Knut Skov has just connected us to so many different people. In fact, when I was with him a couple of weeks ago, um, we had... Uh, a translation from small catechism from uh, Johannes Mengsteb, the mission director down there in Texas right now, and uh, it was done in Tigrayan. Well, one of the languages of Ethiopia, Eritrea region, there was a Tigrayan there, and he began to look at it, and he said, this is my language. <laughs> he says, do you have more of these? Well, we had only two uh, that we brought with us, but um, he said, I've got a, I go to a congregation of a hundred in central Denmark, and on the west coast of Denmark, there are 300 Tigrayan speakers. We would love more books. Who would figure? Africans here, right in the middle of Denmark. And so through some faithful Lutheran pastors and individuals, we're able to connect to them and, and be able to say, okay, now what can we do to help? What's the response of, of the pastors and others on the ground when you deliver when you bring 300 or 100 or just two books. I quite frequently see eyebrows raised to quite a level. So I'm, I'm used to seeing the eyebrows arched in, in surprise and saying, wow, where did you get this? And then, of course, I hand out one of our book lists where, okay, we're doing over 100 books. I went to the International Christian Center in uh, Copenhagen, and uh, we shared a load of our books that were shipped into Hamburg and made their way up to Copenhagen and said, um, how many languages, how many people groups? This is Copenhagen, mind you. 
113 language groups come in there for Danish and English lessons. And uh, these Lutherans are very interested in doing outreach. And so if we have Lutheran materials to share, they're, they're really happy to do that. So we only work in just about 100 languages. That's 113. So we'll probably have to add some, I think. <laughs> that sounds like more work, doesn't it, Jeff? It does. It's all good. It's all good. And we've talked about this before, but it, I think it's always helpful to have a reminder, what a rundown of what goes into a, a translation project. I mean, I, I can imagine that it, it takes a lot of work. You want to address that, Jeff? What what goes into a translation project? Let's say the small catechism, for example. Well, I'm going to let the uh, the expert uh, that's overseen yeah. All kinds of different uh, translation projects in Asia answer that one because he knows firsthand what's involved with uh, working in, in languages where uh, key terms of, of Lutheranism or Christianity don't don't exist. So, Well, um, it, it's by God's grace that we're able to translate uh, Luther's Muslim into the language that never been done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you do when you go to Vietnam or Cambodia? There's no Lutheran church. So you have to seek out the best Christian translator. Uh, it has to be uh, uh, Christians. And so we sit down with them, uh, try to help them to understand about the sacraments, about the way we teach, believe, and confess. And you know, sometimes they have a question like, well, I've never been taught that way before, that when Christ said, this is my body, he meant it's my body. Uh, because most Christians in Asia are Reformed, so they don't never been taught that way. So we have to find the uh, the best Christian translator, help to make sure that they translate it uh, according to its true meaning. And then uh, another way is that help them to understand that we want to translate so that people would understand. It's is not you know uh, something that only the professor or or the book being used uh, by scholars. So make sure the language is the language of the people. I think Luther would agree with that. And then, and after that, you have to have a team of people to make sure it's well done uh, according to the local uh, language, the grammar, and then um, uh, sentence structures. And then you have to find a good printer that can print a good material. So these are the, the steps and the ways and the, and the people but most of all, I think we want to thank, um, thank the donors for helping make this possible. Without them, we would not be able to do all this work. So it's it's still quite a process. It sounds like just the, the step of, of securing a, a reliable translator uh, alone is a, a pretty yes. overwhelming, pretty daunting task. Yes. The... Uh, the need for print materials, I think, will, will always be. Is there a need for other formats today besides print materials? Is that, um, are there cultures where that is more significant, whether it be uh, not print but uh, maybe digital or, or audio? Well, in, yeah, I, I think audio, in a sense, you think of especially Afghan refugees right now. Uh, Dari, we, we do translations in this and some basic Christian answers. Actually, we have a book coming out shortly, uh, which will deal with basic questions that former Muslims would have uh, about the Christian faith. You know, what are my obligations when I become a Christian? Things like that. And uh, so kind of explaining faith and works and and being able to delineate law and gospel as we do, I think, are, are really essential because not everybody is as literate. I mean, there is 
I think, an attempt. We're beginning to look and talk to people. Uh, I'm actually conversing with someone right now to to work on Roma Gypsy, and uh, it's mostly in our oral culture. And so some of these that are oral cultures, uh, you know, we can't really provide audio, so we need to make sure that we can... Uh, put out a translation that is at least understandable. And so it would have to be simplified to some extent, I think. We have just about a a minute and a half left. Uh, For the, for people who are maybe traveling, congregations or groups who might be traveling this year uh, in the year ahead on mission trips, are there resources you can provide them if they're, or maybe they, they even have different people groups right in their own communities uh, how do they find out what resources might be available um, for people that they serve who are um, speakers of different languages? Well, they can go to our website, which is www.lhfmissions.org. Uh, we've recently revamped the site so it is mobile user friendly. Uh, so you can actually access it pretty pretty well on your on your mobile device and be able to to read and see. And so we've simplified some things so you can kind of look at projects that which we have and uh, how you can contact us so that we are more than willing to, to share these resources. You can see what languages we have, what languages we're working on, and uh, possible completion dates as best we can determine that. And uh, so we, we, we make this uh, at least available so people can see that. So contact us through that website um, because we know a lot of people go to Spanish-speaking places, and mm-hmm. I wanted to emphasize, too, that we have the uh, Spanish Bible Catechism, a catechism in the front of Santa Biblia, in front of the Bible, which we've just printed 18,000 copies. So we would have that for many of those going to Spanish-speaking countries, as well as 23,000 children's Bible storybooks, which will also be coming to completion within the next few months. So great resources. If you're planning a a mission trip this year, lhfmissions.org is the website to find out what resources, what languages are available uh, things for uh, as simple as uh, children's books and small catechism in the Bible, great resources. Gentlemen, I really appreciate your time today and sharing these stories from the field. It's always encouraging to me and, and to our listeners as well. LHFmission.org, LHFmissions.org Missions, is the, yes, the website to, to find out more. Uh, the Reverend Ted Natalong with LHF Missions. Thank you so much, Pastor Natalong. and. And the Reverend Matthew Heisey, Executive Director for Lutheran Heritage Thank Foundation. You, Always fun to talk with you. Same here. Jeff Ron, nice to meet you. Thanks for being in studio with us today and chiming in every once in a while. Great. Thanks. Good to be here. Coming up in just a little bit more, Faith and Family on the way on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news.